You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Here we are again. Yes, sorry, um, last week we had to skip because uh, life got in the way and we ran out of time. So, there you go. That's how it works. Never mind, we're back again this week. So, uh, Nick is here with me, of course. Hello. Yes, we're back. We're back. (laughs) And, um, yes. For those who've listened to the last show, apologies. Um, Yes, not only did we have to skip a week, but the one I put out, um, those of you who've listened all all the way through will figure out that uh, although I copied the pre-show to put at the end of the show, I failed to delete it. So the pre-show is on the front and on the back. So... There you go. Oops. And for those of you, for those of you who didn't listen, <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter. Well, though, no, <laughs> oh, and, well, you... and for, for those of for those of you who listened and didn't notice, well, then yeah. you're not listening carefully enough. <laughs> yeah. Or alternatively, if you've not listened yet, you can either skip to the theme tune and then listen to the pre-show at the end, or you can listen to the pre-show and then when it gets to the pre-show again, you can stop listening. There you go. So. <laughs> Here we are, here we are again, and this week, of course, the biggest story of all is Apple's earnings. Um, There we are, Apple uh, had a pretty good quarter, um, but it wasn't as good as this time last year. I don't think that's hugely surprising to you, Nick, considering the global situation. Well, that's right. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on in the world that could affect their... um their sales generally so exactly no i'm not not really surprised and i mean you know i'd I'd really like to own a company that where i said oh i've only made 117.2 billion this year this month this quarter this quarter what is what is wrong with the world and it's (laughs) according to six colors who you know are the best people link in the show notes of course six six colors always do a deep analysis with proper charts so that even though we're not financial analysts, we can see what's actually happening. And um, yes, they only, quote unquote, made $117.2 billion, but this is still the company's second largest quarter ever, in a, meaning that only last year's uh, quarter, you know, a year ago quarter beat it. So um, if you go to Six Colours, you can, uh, there's a link to the transcript of the call. Um, there's a YouTube uh, live stream after the call concluded with Jason and uh, Dan Moran talking about what it all means. And then there's all the chart. Um, to be honest, as far as I can see, barring four to four, the average uh, billions revenue has dipped slightly since last quarter. But that's the average. Um, and the year ago quarter is the only one that's bigger than the current quarter. So there we go. Um, so as the... As the um phone share grown a bit again or does uh, that re- or is that reflective of the of the dip in the in the overall earnings no the um the ipad improved probably because of the introduction of the new ones the phone has dipped slightly um 
Oh, right. I thought the last time I looked at it, it was closer to 50%, but perhaps that's just well, it's, being it's, unobservant. Yes, it's still um, 56%. Um, iPad 8, Mac 7, services 18, wearables 12% um, of the overall. Um, the Mac revenue was probably hit the hardest. It's down 29% um, year over year, but... That's mostly uh, due to what we'll come to a little further down the stories, Nick. Um, mm-hmm. If you're interested in all the bar charts and the graphs of, you know, overall um, averages, services continues to climb unrelentingly. Um, wearables, slight dip. Um, the iPad revenue looks pretty healthy, really. The when iPad you look at the... has so done the, the very char- well, yes. Yeah, the chart just seems to show it's sort of... It's been growing fairly steadily through... Oh, I'm trying to understand what this is, says. Uh, oh, that's 2019. Yeah, so during 2020, 2021, 2022, and now it's sort of levelled out a bit for the last year. But yeah, 2022 was well. slightly down, and now it's up 30%. Probably, um, I would guess, um, because of the new models. You know, there have been new models. Yeah, that Matt's more going than likely. Use it. Um, and as Jason says about the iPhone, there are two reasons why that's probably fallen back. Um, and, the well, the Mac, sorry, the Mac has fallen back because um, the new, you know, the new M2 Macs did not make it into the quarter because they weren't released until um, February. And I'm sure they probably really wanted them out before that. Um I don't. I don't think they'll make that much difference anyway, because I think the M1 took everyone by surprise. Yes, and I that think that obviously the... means a lot of people would have bought it. But the M2 is really, a, and we were talking about this just before the show, weren't we? And it's really only people who are who need all that power who are actually going to buy it. Because if you've already got an M1, I think, uh, or or I mean. Or you've got money burning a hole in your pocket that you want to spend. But, well, there's that, uh, or you've got, you know, um, generally, generally people course, are going to say, well, the other thing the M1s is that are fine. Businesses, <laughs> of course, are often slow to adopt new technology. Yes. So there are probably quite a lot of businesses holding back and to see how the M1 fared. And then once, you know, if you're a year into it, you start thinking, well, don't buy that. Wait until the next one's come out. So... I th- I think uh, next quarter, you know, the Mac could bounce back quite a lot. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I just tend to think it's going to bobble along now at this level probably for a little while. Well, maybe. It's, um, because it, because there's not a, new, a lot of new innovation coming after this. It's just iteration of the same sort of thing. That is true. That is true. Not um, that I'm decrying it. I mean, I love I loved my M1 Mac. I, it's brilliant, but I, I, I'm just not sure that... As we've said before, Macs are not like iPhones. No. You're not going to be changing your Mac every year. Well, um, most people don't change their Mac every year, do they? You know, most people keep their Macs for five, you know, three to ten years, depending on how um, how they feel about it. So anyway, that's Jason um, now, and his six colours, you know, breakdown of the earnings, um, which are interesting, you know, not stellar. Analysts are all crying in their coffee, but... Um, <laughs> as they do uh, i think services i mean looking at the trend for services it it is starting to flatten out just a tad by the looks of it yeah um, yeah 
it, but... it's had this sort of very steady climb um and and it's just not quite where it was uh, uh, climbing as fast as it was but then things never do things never do this is how markets develop we all know that every analyst will tell you once a market becomes mature you know i was uh, i was watching someone i was watching someone on youtube a couple of days ago talking about s curves Mm. uh, with with new technology and they were saying they were saying that they think a lot of people are underestimating um electric vehicles because they reckon once we're back previous examples of uh game changing technology tend tended to take off after 10 percent, so they go fairly slowly up to 10 percent yeah and then you've got this big upsurge after well, you 10. get once you get um, past the early adopters yes and it starts to and go they reckon that we're ju- there's a lot of people you... now saying yeah a lot of people now saying that we're that's where we are we're just about to enter into that uh well, uh, I think it, it, I think it was labelled. Um, uh, uh, it was called uh, major major adopt major early adopters or something like that. Yeah. So it's like people who buy early but not very early. <laughs> yes, and we're just about twenty. It's about forty percent growth. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see if that's true. Well, I mean. I know I'm probably looking harder than the average people, person, but I see more and more electric vehicles everywhere. Oh, they've know. definitely grown a lot during the last, yeah, last um, 12, last two years, probably. And of course, here in the UK, exponentially, all the all the new zero emissions electric vehicles have that green flash on the number plate. So, yes, if you see a green flash, they're not all fitted with a green plate, a green flash on the number plate. I noticed, but um, no, mine hasn't got one. Mm. Um, I don't know why that is, but um, I don't it know doesn't when bother they... me. <laughs> no, no, doesn't bother me one way or another. But you know, it makes it easier to spot them. But I've seen, you know, uh, Hyundai's and VWs and Nissan Leafs, and you know what I mean. Yes, I've seen yeah. the VW ones. I've seen um, electric Porsche. Obviously, Teslas are as common as muck around here. Um, <laughs> Which I guess are probably, they're, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're the sort of first adopters when there wasn't a lot of other choice. You wanted to go electric. That's right. He went with Tesla. That's right. Um, Considering they've just slashed their prices, hmm. it's not surprising that you know, you'll probably see even more about fairly soon. Yeah. The one thing I noticed about Teslas is they only seem to come in three colours. You can have white, black or silver, and that's about it. <laughs> yes. The Henry Ford yeah. principle. Any colour you like as long as it's black. Um there you go. So uh so that that was that. And then obviously to uh, go with uh the six colours charts, um Apple three, which is uh Philip Elmer DeWitt, says with only eighteen percent of the smartphone market, Apple still took eighty five percent of worldwide profits. So, you know, it doesn't really matter <laughs> if you're awesome. not the top selling one as long as your profit margin is high enough. So um Yeah. That's quite remarkable, isn't it, really? Yeah. 18% and 85%. Wow. There you go. You know, Apple benefited from its premium segment, the primary constituency being less severely affected by the economic and geopolitical uncertainties. Mature smartphone net users are now choosing premium devices which last longer. Um, and there's another piece in the next one about that. So, um, you know, I won't really go into it, but basically, as the whole smartphone market last year got a pummeling, um, and um, you'll find that uh, 
you look at other companies, most of them had a worse decline than Apple. So, yeah, we're probably hitting the top of that S curve for mobile phones. Aren't I we? think we are now. You know, how many people don't have a smartphone, at least in the West? Um, yeah, it's you know, I know there's a few holdouts. You see people with candy bar phones here and there, but it's very rare that people. And because, of course, you know, if you if you want a smartphone now, and your needs are not for a premium smartphone, um, like my my wife's pre uh, sort of surrogate mother, um, she's been using a you know a clunky old flip phone for a decade, and we yeah. finally convinced her that she should get a smartphone. Um, and we went out and bought one. TCL is it? Um, yes, obviously TCL. A, a basic Android yeah. smartphone. You know, most of the people who listen to this show would not touch it with a barge pole, but she only wants to do the most basic <laughs> of things: phone, text. One of the main reasons she wanted one was so she could do online banking. Because you know, if you don't do online banking now, it's becoming ever more difficult to um, manage your yeah. money. So, yeah, that's um, true. And I think it was about £90, SIM-free. <laughs> That's no, remarkable. I mean, it's like, how can you make it for that cheap, to be honest? Yeah. I mean, it was ludicrously cheap. Yeah, sure, it's plastic and it's Android and it's, you know, not got a super high-res screen and all the rest, but she doesn't care. But it'll do... You know, it'll do what she wants it to do, and that's the important thing. Yeah, you know, she can text, she can look at the internet if she wants, but doesn't do very much, and she can do her online banking, and that's probably all she wants. But it gives mm. her access to email and um, picture messages. And, of course, one of the other things you get a lot now, which my mum, one of the reasons my mum decided to buy a smartphone, is that um, the doctors, when they send you a text, nearly always have a link that takes you somewhere to explain what it is they want. If you haven't got oh, a smartphone... Right. <laughs> you can't do it, yeah. Your stuff, you know. So my mum finally gave in and said, right, I'm getting a smartphone, if for nothing else, that I can understand what the doctors send me <laughs> without a load of effort. I mean, obviously, they've got a PC at home and they could do the thing, but sometimes those links are so long, trying to type it in is nigh on impossible. So, um yes. And if you've got a, sharp, a cheap smartphone, it's not going to have uh, continuity to be able to help you out. <laughs> no, it's not, exactly. So overall, the plunge in smartphone sales in China reflected the sector's performance globally. In 2022, global smartphone shipments hit 1.2 billion, the lowest for a decade, and an overall year-on-year year fall of 11%. Um Probably it's probably a combination of things, isn't it? It's probably a saturated it's, market. It's it, probably the financial situation we're in at the moment, and and worldwide. Um, I mean, the the Chinese yeah. market fell terribly because of the COVID lockdowns and yeah. um, yes, all all the problems they've been going through. Yeah, uh, it says here this uh, Huawei Technologies spin-off Honor was the second best-selling brand, with shipments growing more than 34% from a low base. But oh. Honor, as I as, as I recall, was spun off from Huawei to produce their lower-end phones. So there you're looking yeah. at people, you know, tightening their belts and thinking, well, maybe this year I'll get a cheaper phone, and when things pick up, I'll move back up a notch. So yeah, I think that's the general thing all round. Um, so, yeah, I've also yeah, got... I would... Yeah. I would have been surprised if if the market hadn't reacted to 
or well, sorry, if the if the iPhone if the phone market generally hadn't reacted to the general market, I think unusual, wouldn't it? I think <laughs> to some extent, um, it's surprising in some respects that the smartphone market stayed fairly buoyant. Um, as long as it has. As long as it has. And now the fallout yeah. is coming. Um, I mean... Maybe so. Apple predicted that due to, you know, production difficulties, COVID lockdowns in China and so on, that they probably would not be able to sell as many phones as they would like. So that's a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, staying in that sort of sector, uh, Inc. have... Um, the one word Apple CEO Tim Cook has not said is a lesson for every leader. Um, uh, right, making Apple unique among today's tech giants. And basically, um, no, what it says is Tim Cook has not mentioned layoffs. Um, reportedly, over 200,000 tech layoffs since the beginning of last year throughout you know, the tech water. Particularly, you know, notable, I think it was... Um, Google and Amazon and some of the others. Um, Facebook. However, as it says here, um, this does not mean Apple will be able to lay or avoid layoffs forever if the company continues to struggle with issues and revenues continue to fall. But the fact that Tim Cook has not mentioned it so far, um, and it's been over a quarter of a century since Apple's last big layoffs, which of course was when Steve um, came back and slashed the product line. Right, um, yeah. And well, the there was is, a reason for that, wasn't there? Yeah, that, <laughs> he, that was... He was throwing out the old bathwater. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other thing is, if you remember, some time ago, Apple slowed its hiring down and in some areas was not hiring anybody at all. Um, yeah. And that was probably looking ahead and thinking, if we hire a load of people, we may be in a situation where we have to get rid of it. And I don't think Apple are into that. They like to hire people for life, really, unless they choose well, to move they've, on. Well, I mean, they yeah, I mean, hire people as they feel they need them, didn't, haven't they? Mm. Because, I mean, the, there's certainly been a number of um, job changes within the, um, the infamous... Um, Oh, I forget its code name now. The 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 Apple Car. Oh thing. yeah, Project Type. So the, the yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, so I mean, obviously it has gone up and down, but as they're saying, they're not talking about it yet anyway. Well, it's early days yet. I mean, one fall in one month doesn't mean that they're falling off a cliff, does it? No. All about the trends, uh, which is so, why I like the six colours graph because they yes. don't take a snapshot, which can tell you nothing really. A proper analysis yeah. re requires looking at the trends. Of course it does. Um, as it says here on Inc, between 2019, fall of 2019 to the fall of 2022, Amazon's headcount grew by 100%, Meta slash Facebook by 94%, and Microsoft and Google added more than 50%. Those companies oh. are now laying off tens of thousands of employees. Meanwhile, over the same three-year period, Apple's headcount grew by 20%. Apple also oh, refrains okay. from providing its employees with free food and other perks which other tech companies have used to lure tech professionals to their payroll. So, you know. Interesting. So, yeah, I think they might have been a little more forward-looking there rather than pile people on and then lay them off later. There we go. Yeah. Um, then we've got some um, some various comments on, uh, we've got the MacBook Pro 16-inch 2023 review from iMore, who say Apple has done it again. Um, 
we test Apple's most powerful uh, MacBook to date. Um, exceptional Pro performance with the MT Pro or M2 Max. Fantastic battery life. Best display on a laptop. Expensive. No new design. Not a generational leap. Well, considering they only just refreshed the design, and we know Apple don't change it for the sake of changing it every 10 minutes. Um, there you go. So they've given that a good, you know, a good review. I think they've given it four and a half stars. So that's good. Um, probably, if you looked at probably if you looked at all the reviews of all of Apple stuff over the last ten years, you could actually probably apply that little panel. Yes, <laughs> do pretty much yeah. everything. Yeah, it's faster, it's better, it's great. It isn't brilliant. It isn't uh, uh, other than other than when they introduced the M1, of course. Yes, uh, exactly. but it, you know, yeah, it's just it's just a new generation. It's just it's nothing special and. Uh, uh, but it's still superb computer. That's basically what you can well, say for it. The point with that is, as always, ten years. If you need to upgrade, you know, yeah, and you're yeah. coming from Intel, um, here you go. Uh, the independent uh, dated no date on it. Thank you. Oh, two days ago, as we record, saved nearly four hundred pounds on Apple's 2021 MacBook Pro laptop following the 2023 model's launch. Which, of course, is another thing, you know, if you don't wish to jump to the latest and greatest, look for deals on the slightly older models. Um, so, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. M1. They're still not cheap, but they're uh, but they're not yeah. as expensive as they were. Yeah. Not as expensive as they were. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. What's the... Um, it says the know. Apple 14, 14-inch MacBook Pro M1 Pro... Uh, was one eight nine nine. It's now one six five five. Yeah, and the that's si- a nice reduction. But yep, and the um, sixteen-inch MacBook Pro M1 Pro was two thousand four hundred. It's now two thousand five, which is really good. Not cheap, but no, four hundred quid is four hundred quid. If you're so, about to buy one, then that's yeah, excellent. <laughs> you know, well, it's always worth bearing it's that in mind, unless you have to have is. the latest, shiniest thing. You know, yeah. you can sometimes say, particularly when it comes money. to yeah, and particularly when it comes to M1 chips. I mean, really, unless you're unless you're pushing your machine to its very limit, um, there's very little point in upgrading from an M1 to an M2. No, because the M1s are so powerful. Anyway, but they are. I mean, Apple um, 9 to 5 Mac and their Apple at work column in praise of the M1 MacBook Air and why I recommend it for business users two years after its release. Um, yeah, it's a good, solid machine. It's a very, very good machine. And again, you know, that's designed for road warriors and businessmen who are not going to be trying to render 3D video game <laughs> scenes. No, and, they certainly aren't. You know. I mean, and these days in business, they're probably running a blooming Windows VM on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, you can't on the M1. That's the only thing. Or not easy. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yes, I, you have to, uh, be, you'd believe... have, to have um, an emulator, wouldn't you? Yeah, rather than a true VM. But um, yes. I think uh, although although you officially can't get hold of the um, the ARM, version of windows i believe if you buy parallels they've got some kind of deal where you can get hold of it um, right yeah the, the arm version so um so yeah those were both interesting reads to be honest um why does he still recommend it because it's cheaper than an m2 one and it's an absolutely perfect machine and unless you're a super high-end user you really probably don't need 
an M2. Um, talking about old yep, machines. Yep, still on. running our stuff down at church, no trouble at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh we had an interesting uh, occurrence down at church this morning, <laughs> sadly. Uh, we were, uh, the, the service was going on quite nicely, and suddenly uh, I had a message from my iPad, which I use for controlling the cameras, um, uh, to say that it wasn't connected. And I thought, that's a bit weird. And it does it occasionally. So I thought I tried to reconnect. And I tried to reconnect again. And I tried to reconnect again. And I thought, we haven't got any Wi-Fi. What's going on? So I was a bit concerned because we were zoomed in on the on the preacher, and I thought we're not going to be able to move the camera if I can't connect to it. Mm. Um, so I looked across to um, Gerald, who was sitting at the uh, computer, and behind him is the router, and the router's light was flashing green. <laughs> it should be blue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what happened is the router decided to update itself right in the middle of our stream this morning. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, then. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes. So unfortunately, we only got 40, 40 minutes of the service and the rest just got cut off. Oh, dear. But uh, uh, I'm sure there'll be a setting in it somewhere to actually not allow it to do that. But I'm going to have to go and have a dig. Yeah, and have a, have a dig. Um, talking about Wi-Fi and older machines, I've got two stories. One, you know, last time I spoke to you, um, I was saying our Wi-Fi was dropping in and out. Yes. And um, PlusNet had sent out engineers to check the lines and they allegedly cleared various faults and it was still doing it. And then we got a phone call from PlusNet because obviously we were on their faults list. And they said, your yeah. um, router has not been connected correctly to the um, to the internet for several days. And we think your password might have gone bad So um, somehow. So we had to log into it. With, and I had great difficulty logging into it to start with. And then I managed to log into the router and change the password to like a temporary password. Yeah. And um, then we got it going. And it seemed to be all right. And we were waiting for a new router, which was supposed to have come like, you know, over a week ago. And then it didn't come. So we spoke to PlusNet and they said, but we'll send another one. And that arrived on Wednesday, but we weren't in. And instead of leaving it, the postman took it away again. So we had to have it re-delivered on Friday. Oh. But <laughs> since we've had that plugged in and set up, we've had no dropouts at all. So it looks like we might uh, have right. had a slightly dicky router. Which is unusual because routers either usually work or they don't. Yeah, but, um, that's right. Oh, there well, you go. good. I'm glad you got that sorted. So we, that seems to be working at the minute. The PlusNet engineers are still probably going to demand another engineer comes out because they're saying our speed isn't good enough. We should be getting more like 40 to 50 and we're getting about 20. Right. So, but at the minute, it works well enough. Jolly good. It works well complicated. enough. Complicated. It, yep. it ain't half complicated, this networking stuff. <laughs> Isn't it just? Um, yeah. And the other story, talking about older machines, uh, I think I probably mentioned, I gave my um, MacBook Pro Retina 2013 to my son, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago now, when I bought uh, the M1. And um, it's been running fine. But um, Friday night, Thursday night, he rang me up, said, Dad, the, my Mac has crashed. And I said, what do you mean it's crashed? When the screen went black, then all this writing come up, and then it said your Mac has had to reboot due to a, you know, serious error. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, there's nothing to panic about. That does happen, you know, very rarely, but it does happen. So uh, just leave it. So anyway, he rang me back about 45 minutes later and said, well, it's got the grey apple, but the progress bar is stuck at about 40% of the way up, and it hasn't moved for like 40 minutes. 
Um, we said, all right, well, we'll leave it another 15 minutes. So we were talking. And then he said, well, it's not moved at all, Dad. So I said, OK, well, you're going to have to do a force restart. So he force restarted the laptop. And then it just booted to the flashing question mark. It's like the question oh. mark of doom, which kind of replaced <laughs> the unhappy Mac. And um, so I said, right, we'll go into recovery mode and uh, see what it offers you. And all it offered was web recovery. And I thought, right, well, that's not good. Right. That's not good. So he got into web recovery. We went into disk utility and uh, no SSD to be seen. Oh, right. right. Well, try try the web, you know, web installation anyway. And it just came up with where do you want to install it? And there's no there's no No hard drive. No hard drive (laughs) showing up. So, um, Uh oh, Uh oh, I think the SSD has failed. Um, I've spoken to my friend. Mark, who said, well, you should be able to fix that for about 50 quid because luckily the 2013s is one of the, you know, later, uh, one of the latter ones that still allowed, has screws in the bottom to take the bottom plate off. You don't have to do all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff to get it apart. Oh, well, that's good. Take the screws out, as you said, and the SSD is easy to get at, and uh, you can buy one for about 40 odd quid, and then plus I can charge (laughs) you a bit to. They are amazing, the cost these days, considering they used to be so expensive, like yeah. everything else. I mean, it might be a bit more than that, because I'll probably, I'll probably want a 512, because I think that one had 256 yeah. in it, and it was getting a little bit tight. But um, that might cost me a bit more than that. But he says, as long as the logic board hasn't failed, it's probably worth fixing. Probably cost you, you know, depending yes. on the SSD. I mean, it was getting by with 256, but probably better if you had a bigger one. But um, yes. So hopefully well, that's the bigger's always better. Not a disaster. I mean, I was looking at uh, getting maybe a twenty fifteen to replace it. You can get one from about three hundred and fifty quid, maybe a little less, um, depending yeah. on the spec. So you know, obviously that's an older Intel machine, but it does him. So, yeah. but if I can get it fixed for fifty to a hundred quid, he'll be happy, and I'll be happier because it won't dent my wallet too much. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But that's just typical, um, unfortunately. But these things happen. And yeah, it just happens occasionally, machine, doesn't it? The ten yeah. you know, nine, ten year old machine, um I think it's late twenty thirteen, I suppose we're early twenty twenty three, so nine and a half years old. Um and it was working fine and then it just crashed and now it disappeared. So probably fried. That tends to be the way with SSDs though, doesn't it? They're yeah. either working or they're not. They either work or they suddenly don't. <laughs> like all electronics, you know, they run on magic smoke and if the black magic smoke escapes from them, they don't work anymore. That's it. No that's right. No black magic smoke anymore. Exactly. Um nine to five Mac have a report from Bloomberg which says a new Mac Studio is unlikely due to similarities with the proposed Mac Pro. This of course is Mr German, so this is all speculation. Um who can say? It only feels like five minutes ago that they brought out the studio anyway. Yeah. Um as you I wouldn't have thought they'd update it yet. No. Um, I wouldn't anticipate the introduction of a Mac Studio in the near future. The upcoming Mac Pro is very similar to the Mac Studio and adds an M2 Ultra chip rather than the M1 Ultra, so it wouldn't make sense for Apple to offer an M2 Ultra Mac Studio and an M2 Ultra Mac Pro. Well, you're speculating there because you've no idea what the Mac Pro is going to be like. So No, that's right. Pure speculation. Pure speculation. I um, think it's unlikely there'll be a Mac Studio. Um, yeah, they've only just Mac introduced Studio it. upgrade just yet. Yeah, no, I, I don't I see doubt the point it. in it. No. Um, 
then we've got uh, DigiTimes have five features which turned my iPad into a shockingly good computer, which if you're an iPad um, user might be of interest. I'm not, so not a great deal of interest to me. But um, talked about cab collaboration and um, quick notes and uh, using it as a companion screen, um, various other, you know, making use of continuity. Um, touch gestures blended with shortcuts and so on and so forth so that's uh that's interesting interesting i mean i don't use my ipad seriously anyway um but um do you know what i mean for serious purposes interesting if you're interested in um making more of more pc like use of it i think yeah or you know um so that's an interesting read particularly if you do you know want to make more out of your out of your ipad um yeah, jolly good there's a thing I, here. I love the i mean i just think the the apps for the ipad are just amazing these days yep uh as i say i use i the ones i use most are uh, uh the camera control stuff i use down at church um which is a very simple program but actually it just make it just makes life so much easier exactly and um uh, and uh, and and for, um oh full score which i use for my music yep absolutely brilliant um I, I don't use anywhere near all the features on it but just being able to store all my music in one place it's just brilliant it means i don't have to carry around you know big wadges of paper with me exactly Exactly. So, um, what else have we got? Uh, I've got a couple of reviews of the Apple HomePod, the second gen. Interestingly, completely different opinions. Wired say old and stale, and the reviewer complains that it's too bassy and has a muddy mid-tone. Um, Men's Health, interestingly, Apple HomePod second generation review, tested by experts, and they say uh, this is a speaker everyone should consider. Um <laughs> So take your pick. Yeah. Um, it's what we've talked about before about sound being very subjective. Indeed. Um I, I did hear I mean I've only ever heard one once and I must admit it did it did make room filling sound. I mean I thought I thought the sound quality was pretty good. This is the original one I'm talking about, not the uh, yeah. not the most latest release. Uh but it depends on how a lot of it depends on how important you think the quality of it is. Because yep. with sound, um, I, I, I go back to a school teacher who used to sometimes, um, uh, he'd play me pieces of music and say, oh, what do you think of this? And the recording would be absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was on a tape. He'd recorded it off the radio or something by sticking a microphone in front of it. Yeah. And at, uh, but he, he wasn't listening to the quality of the sound. He was listening to the music. Yeah. And uh, so so sound quality isn't necessarily the BN, be all and end all. No, um, it isn't. And so and part of a part of the reason that I've never been interested in buying a HomePod is because the functionality of the the um, Alexa stuff is um, it's far beyond the mm. the Apple stuff and just makes it more useful. Uh, yep. Not because it sounds significantly better, because I don't think it probably does, but it's it's perfectly adequate for me. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. So take your pick out of those. You can read them both. To be honest, the Men's Health review is much more in depth. Um, 
the wired oh, guy is very um, just kind of a bit uh, dismissive. A bit dismissive of it. I think it's um, a lot of it is you know I didn't like the sound of it. So there you go. You don't like the sound of it. Don't like the sound of it. Um, I presume they've I presume they've fixed the original problem because there were issues, weren't there, with the home pod sometimes not pairing properly and not not uh, uh, getting them to work as a stereo pair wasn't always that easy and that yeah. kind of thing. So oh, I'm sure hope, they. I would have I'm hoped sure they have sorted all that out. I'm sure they have. I mean, how long has it been? Five years or something since they introduced the first one? It feels like longer than that to me, but you're probably right. Yeah. Um, Apple is the world's most admired company for 16th straight year, um, according to Apple Insider. I don't know how that's judged. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, there's no doubt they're an impressive company. I mean, just from their revenues alone, it's obvious that they're very, very, very popular. and that they they gauge the market very astutely. Yeah. And they make darn good products. Yeah. Um categories in which Apple was the winner include innovation, people management, corporate assets, social responsibility, quality management, financial soundness, long term investment value, quality of products and services, global competitiveness and something else. Anyway, they have made it for sixteen years to the top of the list. Jolly good. Well done, Apple. Good for them. And then this this is one we I mentioned to you before the show, Nick, which was the Lisa family photos on The Verge. Um, it's now 40 years since the release of the Lisa. Um, and Bill Atkinson, obviously, you know, the designer at Apple at the time, responsible for the user interface and things like the Finder and whatnot um, later on on the Mac. Uh, shares a look at his rare collection of Polaroid photos from the Lisa computer's development. Um, and there's an interview, sort of an interview and a comment about all the uh, things. And if you're interested in Apple history, uh, that's really, really interesting. Um, mm. uh, as it says here, this one shows the first characters on the Lisa. These are hand-built proportional font. Remember on the Apple II, every character was the same width. Here we have our first example of the eye being narrower than W, which we now take for granted, but we didn't take it for granted back then. So, Oh, wow. Forget all those things, don't you? Yeah. Anti-aliasing and all that stuff that yep. you just take for granted so much now. Yeah. Yeah. Not in monospace. Um, so interesting, interesting um, little article there. Yeah. So that's good. That's cool. Very cool. Uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um so under uh, under technology, we haven't got actually got anything under technology, have we? But I no. was playing. I've been playing with um, Chat GPT this week. Um, yeah. uh, so this is a, a, a free to use um, AI. It, it's not. I don't think it's the full version of the AI, but it's like a sort of a demo version of the AI. Um, but it is quite remarkable what you can do with it. Uh, I started off by asking it some simple things that I'd heard other people say, you know, like write me some some information about. Um, oh, I'm trying to think now what I did. Hold on, I've got them up here in front of me. Uh, where was it? Oh, that was it. Uh, I asked it to write a sales pitch for induction hobs because I've just had a new kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, 
and it wrote induction hobs are the future of cooking they are faster more efficient and safer than traditional gas or electric stove tops induction technology uses magnetic fields to heat the pan directly so the cooking stays cool to the touch this means no more worrying about burnt on spills or scorched cookware plus with precise temperature control your dishes will come out perfectly every time and because there's no open flame, the risk of fire is significantly reduced. Upgrade your kitchen with an induction hob today. Oh, which I thought was pretty cool. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's it is. I asked, also asked it, what's the import, importance of a church organist? And it, and it did a very good attempt at that as well. Uh, I told it, I thought I'd, I'd do something a little bit different. And I asked it, what were the dangers of Yorkshire puddings? Uh, <laughs> and it remarkably did a good job of that too. It said the main danger of Yorkshire puddings that it is that if it isn't cooked properly, then you can become contaminated with bacteria such as Salmonella or E. coli. Mm. Uh, but it says that, um, uh, overall uh, they they are safe. Mm. Uh, Yorkshire puddings are safe. So that that was my first uh, uh, few tests with it, and I, I thought, well, that's quite clever. I mean, it could be just going and getting that in stuff off the internet. Um, but then a few days be. later, I actually well, it is. But I've, a few days later, I saw someone um, building a website using ChatGPT, and ChatGPT was generating most of the code for it, which Ooh. I thought was really clever. He he, he produced a uh, like a jobs website for IT uh, for IT jobs, uh, and I was so impressed by that. I thought I'm going to try something else, so I went back in again. And the first thing I said was um, uh, uh, create a currency converter in Microsoft Excel using Visual Basic. And it just did it. In a few seconds, it wrote a few lines of code. And and being someone who's used Visual Basic, I could see that what it's doing is creating a conversion um, uh, bit of code. Uh, I then asked it to, um, let me see if I can find the right one. Is that the one? Yeah, so that was the first thing I asked. I then said, please do the same thing again, but add five sets of data based upon the current exchange rates. And it then did that. It populated it with five lots of data, uh, US dollars, euros, uh, Japan, uh, what's CNY? I'm not quite sure what CNY is. INR? Yeah. Someone will tell us, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure in they the will. chat what those are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, uh, and again, it built it built it quite well. And then I said, "Oh, uh, can we make the color uh, a different color for the result and make the font bold?" And it did that all in Visual Basic. And then, and then I thought, "Well, I wonder whether it can be even cleverer." Um, and I said, uh, uh, "Let me see if I can just find it here. Which one is it? Ah, oh, it's this one." I said. Uh, create a currency converter in Microsoft Excel using Visual Basic for applications. Um, oh, that's the, no, that's the wrong one. Is it that one? No, where is it? I'll find it. Give, give me just a moment. I'll find it. Oh, I asked it to rewrite it uh, so that the currency IDs are in a drop-down list, and it did that. And then I said, rewrite to include actual exchange rates from an exchange rate website and include all major currencies. And it did that. <laughs> Look, uh, it, it linked it to uh, Yahoo Finance, which I was gobsmacked. I must admit, this was what I used to do as a living. <laughs> yeah, it was maybe not currency converters, but I used to write code like this to make them do things, and this thing just writes it for you. 
So, yeah, I was impressed by that, I must admit. And then today, just before we came online, I asked it to write a general conversation in French, and it did that very well as well. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm quite impressed. It's uh, it's quite an amazing um, an amazing tool. Um, I had someone ask me, I, I told some people at church about it, and that they asked me, I, I wonder whether the stuff it generates would get past um, plagiarism checkers. And I said, oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> otherwise kids could bring their homework home, home and type it in and it could write it, write it for them. Yeah, well, that's why they. Uh, I think several universities have already banned the use of chat GPT for writing. On right. It. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised because you can actually say, um, I saw someone else on a YouTube actually say, uh, write me an essay about blah in the, in the style of a 10-year-old. And it could do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's a clever piece of kit. It just shows where AI is moving on to. I think it's amazing. Probably slightly frightening too. Oh, uh, it's, um, I can tell you what, it's chat.openai.com. Right, put that in the links. We'll put that in the link. So you can sign up. I just signed up using my Google account. And, um, and once you're signed in, you can try it sometimes it gets overloaded because of the number of people trying to use it and yeah. it'll just say come back later i can't yeah. cope now but uh, is that yeah, chat.openai.com yeah yeah so that's worth a play with if you're uh if you're interested in that yeah. kind of thing currently down huge demand has caused the site to crash you will have to wait time <laughs> is needed for the service to catch up get a copy and check back soon patience is key the team is working hard to fix it get a notification uh, when we're back i also up. found it i also found it amazing that you can type into the what it gives you so it gives you a reply and then you can say tell me some more or you can ask another question based on it uh, and it and it uses it's context sensitive, so it it knows that you're talking about what you've just what it's just done for you. Um, and quite a lot of AI couldn't do that not, not not that long ago. So that's that's impressive. Impressive stuff. I've heard a lot about it, but I've not really looked into what it does or you know how capable it is. I've heard read you know I've read good things about it, but um, interesting, very interesting. Have a play, you'll be impressed. Wow. <laughs> um, right, security and privacy. I've got um, security keys. Apple re- recommends for iPhone, iPad, and Mac. This was from Nine Five Mac. Um, this is not a bad article about um, if you wish to use the the hardware security key option, which is now available for your uh, Apple ID. Um, one of the most interesting things is uh, you need to have two keys, at least two keys in order to enable it because Apple don't want you losing your key because if you do, you are shut out of your account. End of. Yes. Don't lose both keys. That would be really no. bad. <laughs> if you're going to do it, buy two keys and put one in a safe or somewhere. You know. Yeah, it's a little bit like having two keys to a car. Yeah, mm. <laughs> don't lose one of the keys. Definitely. So um, apparently here... Um, You'll need a minimum of two FIDO certified security keys to enable them with iPhone, iPad and Mac. Um, There's several they've recommended here. Interesting, I'm uh, pleased to see that Facian, who are the makers of my security key, um, are recommended um, because they're a lot cheaper than YubiKeys. 
or at least some of their basic ones are. Um, and the one I've got does do NFC, so you can just tap it on the screen of your or back of your iPhone. Um, so if you're interested oh, right. in using that, um, that's a very good read, and it explains how it works and what it does and what you need to do. And there's a video walkthrough of how to use it. Um, bear in mind, you cannot sign into iCloud for Windows. You cannot sign into older devices which can't be updated to a software version supporting security keys. Child accounts sense. and managed IDs are not supported. Uh, Apple Watches, which are paired with a family member's iPhone, are not supported. To use security keys, set up your watch with your own phone. Um, here's everything Apple says. You need at least two FIDO certified keys with connectivity for your Apple devices. Uh, iOS or iPadOS 16.3 or Mac OS Ventura 13.2 or later on all devices where you're signed in with your Apple ID. Uh, Two-factor setup for your Apple ID. A modern web browser. If you can't use your security to sign in on the web, update your browser or try a different browser. To sign in to Apple Watch, Apple TV or HomePod after you've set up security keys, you need an iPhone or iPad with a version that supports security keys. No doubt so they can verify you via your phone. Yeah. Um, there you go. But if you're interested cool. in that uh, option, you know, not for everybody, to be honest. No. Not for everybody. Most definitely not. But uh, if you are interested in that, that's a good article and kind of summarises what you need to know. Um, and then I guess we'll do the worth of chirps because we're running out of stories, Nick. Um, <laughs> Comic yes. Relief, where to buy your new Johnny Ive Red Nose. This is the Independent here in the UK. Um, for those of you overseas who might not be familiar, uh, we have a yearly um, charity event called Comic Relief where comedians and comic actors and whatnot produce a load of content and things to encourage people to donate. Uh, and Comic Relief is used to support children's causes all over the world. Um, and every year they try and design a new red nose. The original one was just like a red clown nose. And then they had one that was a tomato splat. And one that had hands and a smiley face on the front of it. This year, Johnny Ive has designed the uh, red nose. And um, if you've ever seen one of those old-fashioned paper sort of Chinese lantern um, type ornaments... It's basically like that. It's uh, a waffle type uh, material. Comes flat and uh, looking like half this a donut. Just, yeah, this isn't just any red nose. It's no. a, a exciting leech. Chamfered edges on the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it says here the folding red nose. It does comes look in... like one of those folding. Yeah, it does look like one of those folding. The really old folding um, paper, as you say, like a lantern that used to thing. fold round. It's done. It's a waffle pattern yeah. and um, expands. No doubt, it's made of you know unashamedly plastic fluorolastoma or something. <laughs> Yes, it does look as if it's made out of some sort of plastic, but yeah. Um, there you go. Comes in a nice little case. Um, in an Apple-like case, not just any old, old case. case. No, <laughs> uh, it's £2.50 and money raised from the magically transforming red nose will go towards people struggling with the cost of living and tackle issues such as homelessness, mental health problems and food poverty in the UK and around the world. Amazon will cool. be offering free shipping to everybody regardless of your prime status. 
and Red Nose Day, aka Comic Relief, uh, takes place on the 17th of March this year, with events happening in the lead-up to the big day itself and throughout the day. I, I never uh, I never watch Comic Relief. It's not my kind of thing, really. No. But, um, but, um... Uh, but I do like some of the sketches. So, so they often do sketches from television programs in the UK. Yeah, uh, some of them are very amusing, I have to admit. I think the one I did watch was the there was a there was a Doctor Who episode, a humorous Doctor Who episode done specially for uh, Comic Relief one year, which was very amusing. And, um, oh yes, that's right, there was. Yeah, yeah, and they have all sorts yeah, of it... things. They take I don't know, you know, things from popular soaps and have a ludicrous kind of scene from that or. So on and so forth. You know, if you if you like comedy and you're in the UK, it can be interesting. With mod, it, with modern technology, I mean, the only thing that puts me off watching it really more than anything else is the fact that that there that the appeals every thirty seconds or so. Well, of course, there um, are, uh, uh, because that's what it's for. It's for raising money. But at the same time, though, in these days of technology, once you've donated, you should be able to switch those off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There we go. Um, Tom's Guide have a little uh, how to turn a live photo into a video using your iPhone or iPad. Um, the point being, of course, oh, that good. people who do not have uh, iOS can't understand live photos. Uh, I always thought live photos are a little bit of a gimmick, personally, but then I'm not a photographer. Yeah, um, me too. I'm, I have. I, I think I've taken one or two by accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I have, but... Um, not really knowingly, not my thing, but, you know, a man who no. takes six photos a year isn't really going to be interested, is he? So. <laughs> but uh, that's a useful little hint if you have, you know, you want to send your live photos to family and friends who do not have Apple devices that understand live photos. This is how yeah. to make them into super short videos. Um, and then Excellent. Wired, to finish up, which is another uh, very good article, how to use your smartphone to counteract vision loss. I think this might be an updated article. Um, from magnifier to lookout, you can benefit from features on Android and Apple devices if you suffer from vision loss. And uh, it walks you through a selection of the things that you can do. Um, it is amazing, really. I mean, we've got one or two people at church, or one lady in particular who's got quite bad macular degeneration. And yes. um, she uses a, a, an iPad uh, a, and she thinks it's fantastic because she can blow up the text as big as she wants it. And I mean, she really does have to have it very large indeed. Oh yeah, you know, one well, or two, I, one or two words per per line, kind of I think thing. I've, I think but I've, it means she can still read. So yeah, it's important. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned before my friend Dan, who's only twenty four, has macular degeneration, um, and he went to. Oh, gosh. Um, he went to Addenbrooke's the other day and they said, I hate to tell you this, but um, your right eye is now 90%, you know, 99% gone. Um, oh, gosh. You'll soon, probably in the yeah. next couple of years, you'll lose all vision from that eye. And obviously he's still got it in his other eye. We'll eventually go blind. Um, yeah. Because there isn't yeah. really anything they can do about it. But he uses an Android tablet for the same reason. And he has to hold it like three inches yeah. in front of his nose. But again, you know, there was a whole, so the subheadings in here, we've got ways to protect your vision, customize your display, how to use reading mode, how to magnify or zoom, how to get audio descriptions, voice commands, 
identify objects, doors and distances, how to take better selfies, get help with your gaming and some final tips. And as That's I say, good. this covers both Android and Apple devices, um, and you will find... There's quite, a, there's quite a lot there that could be quite in, quite useful for people yep. who... Who just don't want to, who just don't feel like reading it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, that's good. Useful stuff. So, there you go. If you are interested in that or, you know, do suffer from visual deterioration, um, my eyes are not that great anymore, you know. Um, I'm nearly 60. I do use reading glasses, which help. But even then, you know, I've turned my fonts up bigger and done various other things from accessibility to make it easier to see my phone. Uh, yeah, I've been wearing glasses since I was in my late late teens and um, I've def- they've definitely deteriorated my eyesight during the last year or two. Yeah. Not not as good as not as sharp as it used to be. Nope, that is just the way of the world, unfortunately. Very few <laughs> yes. people get to, you know, pass 50 without needing glasses of some sort. But um, I, th- I think part of it is we spend an awful lot of time looking at screens, you know. Well, that's probably not helpful, is it? You know, I've spent, <laughs> I spent my, you know, yeah. the last 30, 40 years looking at screens, um, spending, you know, days at a time focusing on something two foot away, foot and a half to two foot. So then again, my dad spent most of his working life working on a drawing board, um, and he ended up the same. Right. Because, you know, you spend all your time looking at a drawing board when you're doing paste up and layout for print. So you spend, it's the same thing. You spend all day staring at something that's probably a foot away. Yeah. Probably not great for your eye, you know, your muscles that um, help you focus. Indeed. But there we are. And that's pretty much, that's it, really, Nick. That's all of the stories, unless you've got anything else. Oh, um, Jim's um, e-ink device um, is a Kindle Scribe, I believe, uh, which is... um, So it's the the largest one, isn't it, that you can write on? Yeah, it's like, um, I believe, like a large paper white, but he says it's the only one that you can draw on or or write on. And uh, yes. he purchased it for the purpose of filling in PDFs with his pen. So Fair enough. I don't think he mentioned how much it cost or if he did not recently. But there you go. It's the Kindle Scribe if you wish to uh, go and have a look at those. And I think that's about it, to be honest. Um, so I guess we'll wrap it up, shall we, Nick? Why not? Why not? So, uh, as Three, usual... Uh, th- 329 quid. Oh, well, not... Kindle's 10.2-inch Kindle Scribe. That's mm. the average price I'm seeing. Amazon, yeah. John Lewis, AO.com. Yeah. 329. I mean, the nearest equivalent, I guess, would be a, you know, bottom-of-the-range iPad that uses a pencil. Um, but course... Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the e-ink thing that matters, isn't mm. it? It's, you know, mm. less, less strain on your eyes. And the battery life lasts forever. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, Yes, because that's right. Because it stays on, doesn't it? Until it's switched off, as it were. Yeah. (laughs) It puts it puts an electric current across it, which actually creates the image, and then then it stays on until you apply another electrical. Yeah. Hmm. It's a little bit like a a modern etcher sketch. (laughs) Sort of. Yeah. 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 A rather higher tech version, but yes, it is a rather higher tech than etcher sketch. Yes. But um, there we are. So yeah, we'll wrap it up. Um, as usual, you can find all of us in the chat room at the Slack. Uh, follow the link in the show notes, which should take you directly into the Slack. 
and uh, there you can find various discussions going on about all sorts of things, and uh, it goes on all week. Yes, many many and varied, I think it's fair to say. Oh yeah, it's not all about Apple, there's photography and electric cars and the weather and... (laughs) Yes. Whatever. Yeah, we we yeah we can really get into our weather chat at times. Mm. <laughs> well, of course, when we've got you know we've got people in there from you know far flung parts of America, um, the US, you know, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, um, where the weather. What I find what I find quite amusing is that quite often, quite often you'll say one thing, I'll say another, and then Jim will chime in with, "Well, it's freezing up here." <laughs> yeah, just in the tiny little British Isles, how different it can be. So <laughs> there you are. Right, so that's where you can find us. Follow the link in the show notes. You can find me less often than I used to be on Twitter, but that's still at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, you can find the show all the usual places, or if you know, if you don't have a podcatcher, you can go to EssentialApple.com. And uh, I guess that'll do us for this week, Nick. So um, until next time, we'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Goodbye.